is Star Wars Action News, hosted by Marjorie and Arnie. Helping Star Wars collectors collect better. Hello and welcome to Star Wars Action News, episode 516. It's got Toy Fair review, news thing, coronavirus, locked in the house podcast. Yeah, sorry this is a little bit delayed. Toy Fair this year was hectic and we weren't able to do anything live except post a lot of photos. I was sick going into Toy Fair and they kind of put a damper on a lot of stuff and I kind of laid low that whole weekend, which killed me because I love New York. Just to clarify, she did not have coronavirus. She is not patient zero, even though New York broke out around that time. And then we planned on getting to this sooner, but we had a non-corona-related death in the family. And then Marjorie was sick. And then I work as my day job at a hospital, so you might think correctly. I've been a little hectic in the past (laughs) couple of weeks. And my company is not a hospital but they had to quickly move everybody off site. And this has all happened like the day I got back from my funeral leave. So there's a big transition there. And I know everyone else is going through the same thing. I think most of the country's on lockdown now. I mean, we honestly had the question. I mean, Toy Fair's been about a month away now. Do we go through it? But now that we are kind of settled in and on lockdown through April, We figured we'll have a couple of shows coming out to you during Corona time. That's what we're just going to call this, right? It's Corona time. It makes it feel like it's five o'clock and you're having a beer. And a really bad beer because Corona is not a good beer. (laughs) It's great when you're 18 and that's what you can get. It's all about family. Fast and furious. That's what they drank was Corona's? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Constantly and only. Okay. But thought you might be a little bit antsy and needing some entertainment or conversation during this time. So we thought, yeah, we'll go ahead. We'll kind of do a news rundown and give not really the news from Toy Fair so much as our impressions on the new stuff we saw from specifically Hasbro. This show's going to be our Hasbro-based show. And we're going to discuss the Toy Fair stuff. And then at the end of the show... Tomorrow is the day that Rise of Skywalker comes out on Blu-ray. We're going to run down those releases as well and definitely look at our website tomorrow at 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, as we're going to have a bonus, I'd, I'd call it a epilogue to this show. Might have a super secret thing coming out kind of in relation to some posts you saw from Hasbro. So you might want to tune in. But this year at Toy Fair, Star Wars was represented by Patrick Schneider. In He's the Senior Manager of Global Brand Development and Marketing, and he's been with the Star Wars team for a while. So is that like his whole business card? Like his name is like in two-point font at the top, and then it's got his title? I'm guessing Senior Manager is big letters, Global Brand Development. Yeah, it just seems like it's a mouthful. And then Sam Smith, design manager for Star Wars. But it just came out last week. Sam is no longer with the Star Wars team. He's been moved to a different team. And for people, we live tweeted the Hasbro presentation. And I'll admit, I saw some snarky remarks. And I'll agree with you in this much. 
some of their pre-written jokes and enthusiasm don't come off as completely authentic when those two are giving the presentation. I want to say something, though, in their defense, because we've been seeing this for a number of, oh my God, almost two decades. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of crazy. I think that some people maybe aren't comfortable on a stage like that, and that is part of the problem, because I think that the Marvel guys, I don't think that they have any cares, and they just walk out and drop the mic, and they're fun, and they're more comfortable, and I think that comes across also in the panels. It's easy to be very confident when you have a lot of stuff to reveal, and Sam and Patrick kind of went up and had a little to reveal, and we'll kind of go through it, but... What I'm getting at is these guys love Star Wars, and when you talk to them at the conventions or on the showroom floor, they really know their stuff. They're really good at what they do and really look at the line. They want more figures out the same way we want more figures out to buy. They're dealing with market realities and how much sells in a year, and so I know that that the face of the Star Wars team gets a lot of guff because they're the lightning rod. They're the face out there and people blame them. But I'm kind of bummed about the loss of Sam because Sam was a really good designer, highly detail-oriented. And in the presentation at Toy Fair, he said that it's his goal to make sure all the original 96 figures got re-released in the vintage collection on the modern cars. And so that means we'd be looking at some updates of figures that are obscure, like Imperial Dignitary and things like that. Probably a new Bespin Guard at some point. So that Sam had those goals. I'm hoping that those goals continue with the team and don't leave when Sam leaves to whatever team he's with now. But his replacement is somebody who we know, Marjorie, Chris Reif, we've talked to him on the show. He is an illustrator that's worked on Star Wars for years. He often co-does projects with Chris Trevis. He did the Millennium Falcon Owner's Workshop Manual. He did the Star Wars Blueprints Ultimate Collection. So many illustrations and stuff. And when I started looking into it, he has also worked on the product development side. He was designer for the Star Wars mini helmets from Riddell. If you remember those way back when, that Gentle Giant eventually remade. He worked on some Episode One figures and vehicles with Hasbro back in the 90s. So he's worked on stuff here and there, and now he's permanently part of the Hasbro team, or as permanent as anybody gets. And he drives a minivan. And according to his Wikipedia profile, that R2, he built it and revolutionized and set the new standard for the R2 builders in the late aughts. Ooh, if this lockdown goes any longer, I have time to build one. Well, Chris is a guy you can talk to. And another bit of personnel news that, I mean, not a huge surprise, but kind of sad. Mark Boudreaux is retiring from Hasbro. I called that two years ago when... They revealed the sail barge because it was his baby. He tooled it. And in talking to him, you got the feeling that it was a labor of love for him. It was almost like he was showing you off his firstborn. I called that. And I, and that's okay. I, I kind of figured that was his 
that was a nice send-off for him to end on a wonderful, wonderful note like that. Well, it's not like he dropped the mic and left. He no. did work on the troop transport that came yeah. out recently and things. But, but that was that was his. I have repeatedly called it his Sistine Chapel. I stand by that. But there has not been a Millennium Falcon released by Kenner or Hasbro that Mark hasn't been involved in the design on. He has worked for so long for Kenner and Hasbro and on the Star Wars team. I mean, on the Star Wars team over the years, Daryl DePriest was there forever. And since then, it has felt like people come and go and people shift around. And Mark has been a constant. Have you seen Spinal Tap? Yeah, they're kind of drummers. Okay. They're beating the drum for Star Wars. But... He's delivered some amazing things, and yeah, he's worked forever. Everybody deserves to retire at some point. I mean, it's hard to believe that people who worked when I was a young child and getting this stuff for Christmas are still employed. But to get to the Hasbro Toy Fair, they live-streamed it this year. That was a first. It was, and they had some hosts. Yeah, okay, they had some hosts. But as I've kind of alluded to, the Star Wars team, it was a little bit sparse of a presentation. We are going to talk to them. I had not one, but two interviews with Sam and Patrick that we'll have a little later in the show. But mostly their presentation focused on the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back. I mean, they had a lot of stuff to reveal, and we're going to go through it pretty quickly because it's not really collector-focused stuff, but... I know some of our listeners are into the Galaxy of Adventures 5-inch figure line. It's not really one that's done much for me personally. I've seen them, and I have just not been too tempted to pick up the figures I've seen. I know some people like the stylization, but on the display floor, they just had some of the ones that were already out. They did announce a couple of new figures that will be coming from the Clone Wars Season 7, Ahsoka, and then some loyalist clone troopers for her from that show. So the disappointing thing to me is we haven't seen any reveals of Season 7 Ahsoka, or I really like the designs on the helmets of the loyalist clone trooper in Vintage Collection or Black Series or something a little more collector-oriented, but eh, maybe just a matter of time. Then, a line that was announced in Paris last year, I can't wrap my head around this. I mean, help me. I, I, listeners, I need you to be my support group on this one. The Battle Bobblers line. What are they? They are figurines, and they're bobbles. They've got a spring in the middle to bobble around on the heads, usually. But notice how they're all standing at a canted angle. Well, obviously they battle somehow. Well, no, they just bobble, but they're chip clips. Hmm. Okay. I've seen a lot of collectibles come out as keychains and magnets and things, but I can't recall ever seeing a figure line that also keeps your Doritos fresh. That Chewbacca looks like he's methtastic. <laughs> I mean, his teeth are all bad. His eyes are ginormous. They look like he's coming at you. <laughs> well, he is. He's 
battling the Porgs. Oh my I think that God. might be a Porg on the stick. But he just looks like he's got those crazy meth eyes. This is the set I think I'll get because those two Porgs on top of each other are cute. And God knows I need to buy more chip clips. I don't even, I've never in my life used chip clips. I'm just going to admit this. No, I don't. Yeah, they're always those things you get free, like at trade shows. Uh huh. And then you're like, oh yeah, hey, what about this? Yeah, pitch it in the garbage. I mean, you got R2 versus Yoda. They're picking two packs that make sense from the movies. I mean, mine, mine, or I will help you not. It, it makes sense, but I don't get it. <laughs> I mean, I hate to be in the Hudsucker proxy, but I don't get it. No, you're more like Josh Baskin and Big. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then we got the Mission Fleet, and this was actually my biggest disappointment of all of Toy Fair. Because I so much of what we're discussing leaked the week before Toy Fair and things. Mission Fleet was one of those that they were going to come out with a vehicle-specific line. And to do that, they were going to bring the figures down to two and a half inch scale and be able to really focus on vehicles. What Hasbro said, I wrote down this quote, a celebration of those iconic ships and speeders. So adding another figure scale, this here is three of the four scales. It doesn't even have the six inch black series, but there's your five inch galaxy of adventures, three and three quarter inch vintage, and then the two and a half inch mission fleet figures. But it's not about the figures, right? It's about the ships. And as somebody who collected micro machines and specifically the micro machines action fleet and bought every titanium they did even the gold ones even the stupid ones oh don't act like that was a chore for you you freaking love that and i even this was a chore sometimes bought the hot wheels yeah i'm not a big hot wheels fan especially because those guys are kind of mean the collectors in our town but hasbro going back celebrating the iconic ships I was really excited, and then I saw them, and, you know, my initial reaction was, it's a toy. <laughs> How big is that? I know you can't show me with your hands, but could you describe it? I'd say 10 or 11 inches. Okay, so it's tiny. It's smaller than a 3 and 3 quarter inch Millennium Falcon. That's the whole point, is to try to make them affordable, because the latest Millennium Falcons have cost several hundred dollars. This one's coming out. And the Falcon is $40. Ah, that's still expensive for a dinner plate sized ship. Well, what gets me is the lack of paint detail. I mean, it just looks so flat and plastic. That's what I expect for that price point and the size. Yeah, but when I came in not having seen pictures and I hear a celebration of iconic ships and speeders, my thinking is you're going to put some detail into that. And here, they didn't really do that. And, you know, some of them are more fantastical than others. This is Obi-Wan on a speeder. Oh, now I thought that was like Obi-Wan's Harley or something. <laughs> or his, like, you know, Suzuki motorcycle. That's yeah, Clone Wars, you can tell from his outfit. Now, there are play features, but the play features are removable on these ships. So As they should be. You know, you got Darth Vader's TIE Fighter that has the removable gun that you can also... Remember that iconic scene where Darth Vader got behind the turret gun and started shooting people? Oh, yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, you that can recreate awesome. that with Mission Fleet. Yeah, that was totally cool. 
And the same with the X-Wing and Luke. You can have him fire the proton torpedoes manually. And I love it because he's firing a big gun, but because they wanted to pose him with all his accessories, he's holding a gun and a lightsaber and firing a cannon. Well, he's just covering all the bases. That's all. Makes me wonder what he's hitting the cannon trigger with if he's got both hands I'm not going to answer that. And then down, there's different price points. These jetpacks are down to $8. I'm sorry. The Boba Fett one looks like he's in like a Vegas show. <laughs> looks like he's got wings. He just needs a feather headdress. And that looks like a cocoon that the stormtrooper's coming out of, doesn't it? Yeah, right. It kind of does. Like you, you mentioned Vegas, like an Egyptian magic show where yeah. that thing would like come apart in the middle. And it, that's why it's jagged at the bottom. It's like they're on stage at the Mirage or something. Jeez. What these reminded me of is the power of the Force to the first deluxe figures they had, where it had Han Solo with Smuggler's backpack and that kind of silliness. And even to the point that, you know, Luke Skywalker had a speeder he rode just like Ahsoka is riding the speeder. Isn't that a jet ski? I believe that's a jet ski. Might be a Sea-Doo. Now, some of the figures are a little bit weird and wonky and cool. I mean, the Darth Maul there, he looks <laughs> like a South Park character, Darth Maul. Yeah. And Chewbacca, is that like a little Chewie copter? Yes. That's just weird. Do we really need to see the bottom of Chewie's feet? That's kind of strange. I don't know how I like that. <laughs> All the figures do it. I know. But there is one in the set I will buy. And I have a feeling this will be the hard one to get. The Mandalorian with the child. Now, I'm not all in on the child. We'll talk about it on the next episode, full episode. But I didn't get the hot toy figure. I didn't get the sideshow statue. That's because they did not have the right facial expression or facial aesthetic. And there's only one that does. But these aren't up for pre-order yet. The Mission Fleet are coming out in the fall. But the moment this goes up for pre-order, hopefully on Hasbro Pulse, because I get free shipping there, I'm ordering this because you get the speeder bike with the Mandalorian, you get the child, but this is the only Hasbro product that they have shown that you get the pram. I thought you got the pram with the animatronic one. No, that was just a display oh. at Toy Fair. But... The Black Series figure is around the same size as this one, maybe a little smaller than this one. I think that the Black Series figure will fit in that pram, and that's a lot easier for someone like me who doesn't have a 3D printer or any CAD skills whatsoever. I'd rather have a slightly oversized pram than no pram at all. Honestly, you could just probably just buy one 3D printed on Etsy or something. Well, I like the detail on this one. I'll, I guess I can keep an eye out for bootleg stuff. But this is the only one, plus the child, and it's pretty cute. He's got the little knob controller that he holds. And then the other thing is, even though they're removable, I feel like the action features, especially again on the Falcon, kind of kill the aesthetic a little bit by having that protrusion in the front. Uh, the other thing is, even on the ships where the action features removable, see, it leaves a hole in Darth Vader's TIE Fighter. It leaves a little octagonal hole in the back yeah so to me that ruins the aesthetic so other than getting the one for the pram this is a line that it reminds me remember marvel did something similar with guardians of the galaxy and avengers age of ultron with i think those were like one inch figures one and a half inch figures 
and vehicles. And yes, that line didn't last very long. No, but you know, Hasbro has a history of, you know, they have their core line, but then they have little offshoots that are almost like a product test. Perfect example, old school Mighty Mugs. The thing is, they have to keep trying, right? They can't just stagnate. You've got to try and see what takes off. And it's easy for people like us, as you said, we've been covering them for 15 years on the show. It's easy for us to be jaded, but if they didn't try it, then as we see the lines that they have didn't really explode. I mean, the three and three quarter inch line is, I feel it's not on life support, but it's not moving as fast as it used to is how I'd put it. It hasn't moved that fast in a number of years. And so the six inch line which a lot of people balked at, and I may have been one of them until I saw them in my hands, has exploded. That is a experiment that really paid off for them and became the best-selling toy line in 2015. So they have to try new things, and if this can bring kids into the market and make them like Star Wars when they're young and they're not worried about things like weathering on paint, then great, and then maybe they'll graduate to better toys so good for them for trying but i won't be putting any of my money towards this line then they had some role play items out and you know talking lightsabers and masks the one that they seemed really excited about in the presentation was the mandalorian dark saber from the season finale and plus in the clone wars cartoon and they were really excited that they could figure out a way to give you a black lightsaber. And I'm like, okay. Then I see it up close. Yeah, they just cut holes in black plastic and put a white lightsaber underneath it. Yep. Again, Hudsucker Proxy for the kids. But you want to impress me? Put a dark saber in the Force FX lightsaber series. But then you mentioned the animatronic child. And that was the big thing at the display they had a constant demo going on and i got the child everybody was saying why isn't there child merchandise ready when the mandalorian came out and well there's so much coming somebody counted all the child merchandise at toy fair not just at hasbro but every booth there were over a hundred individual child items on the way this includes crock pots stationary figures does this include what's out because there's already espadrilles there are socks spirit jerseys it does not include clothing and soft goods okay well there's a lot of that too so what you're saying is there's going to be a bottom dropping out of this child market because i kind of think that it's one of those things you have to strike when the iron's hot and i mean it's already where those memes are not even appearing anymore i mean that meme is gone for fans and collectors i think there will be a market for some of these items i think this animatronic should do well but it's not shipping until december you know mandalorian season two will be in full swing so let's hope that the child is able to recapture the hearts of everybody so that it sells my initial reaction though was It's an animatronic, and it made me think of that My Co-Pilot Chewie, which was fun, but overpriced. Yes, and then he went on deep clearance. Yeah, we 
the first one cost us $120 and the second one cost us $40. But this is a good price, I think. $60? bucks. yeah I hope that the actual product looks as good as what they showed. Uh, they had several out there. I mean, I think it will look as good. And, I mean, it is incredibly cute in that, you know, there's the pram they have it in. It comes with the Mandalorian necklace that he can wear. Or, as they said, you can wear. <laughs> his eyes move. His ears move. Now, yeah, he doesn't have hair, and it's not screen accurate. It's not quite the right shade. You're obsessed with his hair. This is like the second one. You're like, the hair's not right. The hair's not right. Well, that's because the first one was a hot toy, and I was looking at spending $500. Now, this one I'm explaining, it's cuter than the hot toy. But it still isn't screen accurate. But the fact that his ears move like that, and he has the various eye positions. and He looks like our dog. I think that may help, yeah. But Asbro's going all in on the child. There's this figure line. I've already ordered all of these. Of all the child merchandise, of the 100-plus items we saw, <laughs> these are my absolute favorite line. They're individual figures. You know, for little silliness like this, I'm surprised they're 2.2 inches, so a little bit over an inch shorter than a Funko Pop. But they're eight bucks a piece, so they're around the same price as a pop. Ouch! But they're so much cuter than anything else. I mean, look at all the various Baby Yoda faces. I know, I know he's the child, but as we said on the last show, I'm calling him Baby Yoda until they give him another name. <laughs> yeah, they're very cute. I mean, I literally can't decide which one's cutest there. Is it the... The one with his ears down. That one oh. using the force? And I don't like the one where he's scared, though. The one in the upper right's the cutest. And then they have a talking plush. This is $25. Comes with the frog in the bowl. And then there's just a six and a half inch figure. Why? Well, why not? Exactly. They're hitting every price point. This is $20. The talking plush is $25. I'm guessing the six and a half inch. It's not even life size because life sized would be about 14 inches, judging by the Hot Toys figure. So. It's just another figure out there. It reminded me, because of its very plasticky look and the size, of the old Magic 8-Ball Yoda from the old vintage days. I'm yeah. thinking they need a Magic 8-Ball Baby Yoda is what they need to do. 99% of the time when someone says they have a valuable Star Wars item they found in their mom, kids, whatever closet, it's that damn 8-Ball Yoda. But let's talk about things people really want to talk about. Action figures. Had a big display of figures there. But if you're looking closely at the photo, you can tell most of them are already out. <laughs> they had the hyper-real Bespin Luke available to see there. You wouldn't know it as it wasn't mentioned at all in the presentation. Let's give him a hand. Oh, wait, he's got a ton of them. If you watched our last show, you saw our review of the hyper-real Vader. That made me less than excited for the hyper-real Luke. But I said it really came down to the portrait. How well can they get the face? It's okay. I can tell it's Luke. At least on the one head. The alternate angry head, I'm not quite sure. That one doesn't have the likeness for me. No. No. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I'm not going to be buying this one after the Vader. I'm just not excited by the line anymore. And they didn't tease any more figures in the line coming. So 
wait and see, I guess. But the Vader I've already seen on sale pretty discounted. I don't know that I'd even get this to pose with the Hyperreal Vader. It's got the same cheap base that the Vader had. I predicted it would because they lock together, but that was a really flimsy plastic base. And, you know, again, for $80, I can do a lot of collecting with $80. Mm-hmm. Into the Black Series, though, this is where they focused most of their attention. It's 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back this year. And because there's no movies or anything... It just feels like that hasn't hit the same way the 40th anniversary of A New Hope hit. Well, you know, the 40th anniversary of The New Hope was a big effing deal because it was A New Hope. It was the first movie. Same way the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace was a big effing deal. Afterward, well, because it was the re you know, the prequels and first new Star Wars we had. But The Empire Strikes Back's a big effing deal because that's what... So many classic fans considered the best film in the saga. However, it's a law of diminishing returns with sequels. Well, the focus was on, you know, they did a 40th anniversary vintage cardback Black Series line for A New Hope. And now they are doing it for The Empire Strikes Back. And so they're going to be the six inch figures on the cards so definitely you're going to need figure shields so that's a not a paid endorsement but just a plug for a friend and i use figure shields i really like the quality of them they're seriously legit so in wave one we're getting these four figures re-released but the ones that have faces they're getting the photo reel updates so they're going to have better faces than the original releases of the figures and that's yoda Hoth Leia, Bespin Han, and the AT-AT driver. But then we get this Bespin Luke, and this is a completely new head and new hair trying to improve on the one they did before. And I'll say this, it looks a lot like that Hyperreal figure. It does. When I was sorting photos, I did have to double check to see which one was Hyperreal and which one was 6-inch. So whether that means the 6-inch looks amazing or the Hyperreal doesn't look Hyperreal... Save what you will. Wave two, get the TIE Fighter pilot, Lando. I do love the inside of Lando's cape there, the texture. This might be the most ornate Lando we've gotten. And then a re-release of R2-D2, but for the first time, they've added paint to him to make him mucked up like he was on Dagobah. And if you have the previous R2s, you know that sensor scope doesn't actually go down into the head. It's removable, and then there's a little plate that covers it. But in Wave 2, there are two new figures. The first here is Snowspeeder Luke that goes with a vehicle we'll talk about real quick. The second one's the one that really impressed the hell out of me, though. I think this here needs to be the new standard in Hasbro figures for troop builders, period. I never thought in my entire life I'd come out of a presentation my favorite reveal would be a Hoth Rebel Trooper. <laughs> I mean, why would that be? I mean, it's a good-looking Hoth Rebel Trooper. Yeah. But what's really amazing about this figure is you can make eight different displayed troops out of one figure. Because you can remove the backpack or keep the backpack on. And then if you look inside the backpack, there's an alternate face. So you can pop the clean-shaven face off, put a bearded face on. 
Now notice the scarf. The scarf is removable. The scarf can also be used to cover the face. Goggles can be used to cover the face. So between two different faces and different masks and goggles, you can army build and it's not going to look like you cloned an army. That's kind of nice. Although I will say that the removable faces are kind of creepy. It does look a little bit face off yeah. while you're doing the transplant. And admittedly, in the press photo they put here, it's because I know the face is removable, but it just looks like there's a seam right there that looks yeah. like his skin is coming off. But it's just the photo in person. I did not notice that. And in the Marvel line, they announced they were doing troop builders for $15 a figure through Hasbro Pulse. But they all have one face. And I'm like, why not do something like this? It's absolutely incredible. If they do generic Joe Troopers in their G.I. Joe line, they need to do this. If they do Imperial Officers, something to allow the face swap like that. And also Black Series, Baby Yoda, comes with the little ball and the little frog. And not a lot of detail because that is a tiny Black Series figure. You see it next to the Mandalorian that came out last year. The box looks like it's roughly the size of the Porgs that came out last year. I think it's exactly the size of the Porgs okay. that came out last year. The display, the box size, everything looks identical. Looks like somebody was handing out some of the child figures, I guess. I will try not to take that personally. <laughs> then in the deluxe line coming pretty soon, a probe droid. And that is... When it comes to the six-inch figure line, sometimes the figures aren't the most exciting thing, but when they get into the beasts and the vehicles and the probe droids with articulated antennae and the different legs that you can position all the different ways, the clear stand with the snow base. Now, mm -hmm. not the, I mean, you can't make an invisible stand. No. So they did the best they could with plastic, but... And then the snow base, yeah, if you dioramaed it out, you, it would look a little less like he was pooping snow. But, <laughs> you know, I'm nitpicking at that point. But that's going to be coming out this spring, $30. I must say I'm a little disappointed. I thought for sure we'd be hearing about a deluxe Jar Jar. I know. But there's no anniversary this year, and it would make sense for when he caused the fall of the Republic. That's true. Yeah. And along those lines, man, was I impressed to see the Black Series Snow Speeder that's coming out. It made me realize we'll never have a Black Series ATAT because this thing is probably 16 inches long. And if you think about when the scene where the ATAT stepped on the Snow Speeder and the ATAT's foot was about the size of the Snow Speeder. Yeah, so we'll never get that, because that would just be prohibitive in size. They said this is the largest hero vehicle they've ever done. Obviously, it's not as big as the First Order TIE Fighter. And I think people will be happy about that, as <laughs> to this day, I still hear complaints of people going, I don't know what to do with this First Order TIE Fighter. I know James from Jedi News literally bought a piece of glass, and apparently the wings are sturdy enough. He's been able to make it an end table. Ooh, I don't know if I trust that. Yeah, I asked him. He said that it was holding up okay. Hmm. But this has a lot of detail. You can move the flaps. It'll come with an exclusive Dak Ralter figure. I mean, I mentioned Snowspeeder Luke was coming. Obviously, you're looking at the same body here. Dak has a removable helmet. So you can get that weird head 
cap. It kind of looks like what football players wore in the 30s. Oh, yeah, like the little leather football caps. Yeah, that's what they wore underneath their helmets. They didn't have Dak on display. He was just on the box. But, you know, if I was complaining earlier about the paint on the kids' vehicles, this had so much weathering, so much detail on it. I was just endlessly impressed. I always forget how small the snowspeeders are in comparison to the people. You know, I'm used to the X-Wings, which are rather large, and the snowspeeders, by comparison, are really small. And you even get the harpoon gun in the back. Yeah, it's got the little same rope as the three and three quarter inch scale one did. It's, you know, what am I going to expect? Steel cables? It's perfectly fine. I mean, it's a toy. Yeah, but I absolutely love this. It is up for order now. It's $120. Mm. Yeah, I mean, what do you expect? You're the one who said that you didn't expect great detail for $40. What would you price it at? That's true. I guess it just hurts the price of things now. Yeah. It's one-tenth of what Trump is sending most people, right? You can buy ten of these with a stimulus check. But it's not an exclusive. I'm kind of waiting to see if there's a sale on them. And then, continuing with the 40th anniversary of Star Wars, the retro collection is coming back. This is not a surprise. The surprise to me is that it took this long for it to come back because... I thought for sure we'd have a wave two at Target last fall. Mm-hmm. I mean, we had a triple force Friday. These figures sold so quickly. I thought for sure it would sell out, but it is coming back. We're getting another wave, but not at Target. Walmart is now the dealer of choice, and I can't even speculate why that would be. I mean, I don't know, but. Our Walmarts, we have three of them. Only one of them has a Star Wars section left. So I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for us. Well, I already ordered these the moment they went online, which was that day at Toy Fair. The Boba Fett, of course, was the one that sold out first. Later on in the show, in the interview with Hasbro, we do discuss the case ratios of these. So you can hear them speak to Boba Fett and all the others just being one per case. I'm sorry, that Leia is tragic. Well, that Leia is exactly how she looked in the old days. I don't remember the ears looking that bad. It might be the angle of the photo, but her ears looked like they're Vulcan ears. And then we get Hoth Han, blue coat only, because, you know, that's how he looked. The thing I didn't realize is how demon-possessed Yoda (laughs) looks. I gotta have to pull out my vintage figure and see, did he have orange demon eyes in the vintage figure? And I'm, they wanted to point out that is the first retro figure with soft goods. And yeah, that was a big thing when I was a kid to have cloth on a figure. I was surprised by that. Looks like we're just getting the orange snake, no brown snake variants and things. But as a kid, that's what I got was the orange snake. Lando, no word if there's going to be a variant with the teeth smiling. And, of course, Boba Fett. And they said Boba Fett doesn't fire his rockets. But, I'm sure there's no spring there, but the one they had on display? No rocket in the back, just a hole. Hmm. It would have been such a nice thing. I'm sure the same choking rules apply today, but it would have been so nice if they could have made the rocket-firing Boba Fett 40 years later. Well, we didn't get any smarter as consumers. And then there is another board game. It's available for order now at Amazon. Why is Walmart going to sell it? 
It's not up for sale at Walmart yet on their website, but this is where you get the exclusive Luke Skywalker Snowspeeder figure that they've never made before. You know, it's not all that different than the Luke Skywalker X-Wing outfit, but the way you can tell is the puffy collar. I mean, this is how I could always tell when I was dealing with Power of the Force 2 and I was customing a Snowspeeder figure is the collar around here. That was a individual piece in Power of the Force 2, so you could pop it off and pop it on other figures. And it's a little bit more bulky in outfit. The thing that I don't like about it is they decided to do the visor down. I mean, X-Wing Luke, when he flew his X-Wing, he had a visor that was down, but the figure to show the face just left that off. I guess they wanted to differentiate this even more from X-Wing Luke, but... Yeah, I I think this is probably the right choice on that. I just think it doesn't look like Luke. It just looks like... Yep, you're right. And then finally, the Vintage Collection. What the longtime collectors have been waiting to hear so much about. And they had quite a few figures on display. Again, they're out already. <laughs> they announced one new figure. One. Yeah. Gonk. I love the gonk. I do too, and I'm really happy to get it in a vintage collection. It's an all-new gonk. It's not a repeat of any previous gonk. It's the one from the Lars Homestead, but this is where Sam said he was looking at getting all 96 on the original card, but I'm like, but that's not the right gonk for the vintage <laughs> because it's supposed to be the one from the Sandcrawler because that's the card, but... It's still a cool figure nonetheless. I mean, it's got a lot of detail in the paint. And the top is removable, so you can see the workings underneath. Now he just looks like a mop bucket, though. <laughs> but a mop bucket with feet. Yeah. And that was the only new figure they had. They did also announce that Luke Skywalker Jedi Knight is coming individually carded. That was one of the three Lukes that was San Diego Comic-Con exclusive last year. So... Getting that out to everybody on a vintage card. And by everybody, I mean people who order online, I think. Because I still don't see these in stores. Then they announced they're bringing back out Slave 1. Remember that? It was the Amazon exclusive. Everybody was getting damaged ones. They went on really cheap clearance. There were damaged boxes all over. It looks like they pre-damaged this box at Hasbro. They just punctured it right there. <laughs> so that you have an expectation. Well, they're bringing it back out, but it's not quite the same. It's completely new deco. They've really updated the detailing to it. And so it has a lot more paint apps, a lot more of the different coloring and weathering to it. It's almost as if since they couldn't get the child merchandise out, they knew the Mandalorian show featured a Mandalorian because, well, it's in the title. So they're pushing any Mandalorian merchandise or, you know, tangent. Yeah, but it's also the 40th anniversary of Empire. Yeah. And this is one of the most iconic vehicles from Empire. And at $150 for this, I can't see them bringing out the big ad ad again. No. But they really did a lot of detail. This one also comes with a stand that you can display it vertically now. They're really all up on the stands, which is kind of nice. That's been a long-standing problem. Bum bum. Yep. <laughs> but there have been stands out there you can buy aftermarket. Now you're just getting one with the vehicle. And again, 
a lot more paint on it, a lot more on the bottom. You see, they even ignited the engines and put a lot of detail into it there. But the more pictures I took, the more I thought it looked like a 3PO. Oh, I see it. It like, does. Like episode one, 3PO. Yeah. Before he had the faceplate. <laughs> I mean, it kind of looks like Wally. Yeah, I can see that too. But they did a lot of detail to it on the bottom. The fact that it costs so much more than the last one, I do ask Hasbro about that later on in the show. Again, this isn't an exclusive. Maybe they aren't going to make too many. Maybe I'll be making a mistake by playing a long game on this one. But I'm going to give it till fall. Okay. And then also for the 40th anniversary, uh, we've talked about this before, but this is the first chance to see the actual product of the Boba Fett helmet. Again, it has more paint apps than they've done on any of the helmets before. You can see the detail there in the cheek area and on the top. The helmets aren't my thing, but I have to say that they look really good and they're a great price point for people who want a helmet collection to display. This is the one that we got the very long presentation about at San Diego last year. Yeah, where it has the viewfinder and all mm -hmm. of the electronics. And finally, they did have a Force FX Saber that's a pretty cool color-changing blade. It's Darth Revan from Knights of the Old Republic. And as you know, when you play him, Purple Saber, Red Saber. You know, I think this is a line that doesn't get as much love as it should because they are really, really cool. Now, they're not toys. You don't want to let your seven-year-old swing them around the house or anything, but they are pretty cool, and they make nice display pieces. I think the lightsaber could take the seven-year-old. It's your lamps that couldn't. That's true, yeah. I guess it's your lamps, you know, your windows, your other <laughs> children, your pets. But this is the second in their Force FX Elite line. The first was that Kylo Ren saber. So when you hit them, even though it can change color from purple to red, it's still going to clash white when you hit it and things like that. So it's a nice line of very expensive sabers. That was kind of what we thought about Toy Fair. Now, like I said, we did have not one, but two interviews with the Hasbro brand team in pretty quick succession, one at Toy Fair and one after Toy Fair. Got some interesting answers. Here are those interviews. All right, so we are here with Sam with the Hasbro Star Wars brand team. Hello, Sam. Hey, Arnie, how are you? Good, yourself? Spectacular. All right, got a lot of questions. I'm going to try to group them as best I can. Absolutely. First, just overall, and apologies if this question comes off a little <laughs> bit rude, but with all the different scales of Star Wars that have been explored, you've got 8-inch with Hyper Reel, you've got 6-inch with Black Series, 3 and 3 quarter inch is the core for a lot of people. You introduced a smaller scale now with the ships. People want to know, why don't you just focus, you know, there's a phrase, do one thing and do it well, and it, there, and there's been comments about have, there hasn't been a lot of longevity when you go to these other scales. So can you speak a bit to that? I think that's definitely a fair question. I think there's a lot of legacy that's preserved in our three and three quarter inch scale and our six inch scale. And those are absolutely things that we want to continue to protect and preserve. But there's a lot of... Um, you know, other opportunities within the line for us to at least take the, the effort to try new things. And ultimately, if it isn't something where we're continuing to try, we're not going to necessarily see continual growth of the line the way that we want it. 
Um, so, you know, a big part of moving the, the kid focus line uh, last fall as we revealed at San Diego, um, you know, moving away from three and three quarter inch for kid and moving that over to the five inch was really about um, taking a lot of uh, you know, principles of what kids were looking for in their action figures. A lot of that was a little bit of a larger figure in their hand. You know, there's a definitely an appreciation for having uh, articulation of the figures. And I think something that we also really wanted to have was be fun have them be colored, be stylized, really have something ownable that was kind of break frame as they saw it on shelf. And we've actually seen a lot of great success with the five inch line, really tethering it for kids. The problem with that is it really doesn't leave a ton open in terms of a vehicle category. And even as we've seen with lines like three and three quarter inch, um, you know, the vehicle pricing has definitely gone up um, over time. So we really wanted to be able to get really nice core price points to really be able to engage kids because for Star Wars, the vehicles are just as important as the characters themselves. Um, and so utilizing that same styling, we're able to kind of benchmark the, that GOA style down to a two and a um, half inch scale. Um, and what that does is it really lets us build out a figure library that's really more based around the vehicles themselves. So there's a style that's dedicated for the kid business, and then we have our theatrical style, which is absolutely, you know, for our fans. Okay, I think one of the things that's going through their minds yeah. is every time you try a new line, that's vintage figures they don't get. Is that the case? Like, if you weren't experimenting with kids' stuff, would there be five more waves of vintage? No, absolutely not. And honestly, it's... Uh, um in terms of how that tooling budget is allocated, there there is a dedicated kid uh, business that we need to continue to try and bolster and really keep alive, reinvigorate for a younger audience, but also, you know, be able to continually engage. We're bringing in a lot of entertainment. We're borrowing from a lot of this license that's expanded over 40 years. So we really want to make sure that that continually is fresh, especially to a new audience. So the kid business has its dedicated tooling and our fan business certainly does as well. And then there have been a lot of questions about distribution, uh, a lot about the vintage collection, some still about uh, the Black Series. And then with the retro line, those were really hard to find at Target last yeah. year, and they're at Walmart this time. Uh, can you speak to anything that's being done to alleviate distribution woes in 2020 and make it so people can just go to a store and find the toys versus having to go to eBay and online. I mean, I certainly would hate to butcher any specifics that definitely would have been uh, allocated to my partner here with Patrick. But, um, you know, in terms of we absolutely hear it. That's continually something that, um, you know, from the product side, we hear again and again in terms of distribution. And from our end, we're definitely looking at ways in which we can alleviate it. But again, that is such a you know, we're so far uh, disengaged from the, the sales side of it. Mm -hmm. um, you know, being able to um, have visibility, that's what a big part of like the five language package was really to help offer more global distribution. It, you know, it alleviated the need for, you know, hitting a massive minimum order quantity and really allowed smaller retailer shops to be able to get that and, uh, you know, be able to get more product out. So, um, and anything in terms of, uh, uh, distribution specific, I would probably, um, you know, fire over to Patrick and definitely with our 
limited time, I'd want to make sure you can get through as many questions as you can. And with the new retro Empire Strikes Back stuff, those are all Walmart exclusive figures, right? Correct. So um, the last program was partnered with Target. Um, you know, it was met to a great success, but it was always um, intended to hit a certain quantity, and they were out. Um, and we actually were able to do a big re-release. I believe we partnered with Entertainment Earth, mm -hmm. and we're able to get a lot of that product back out there because I think it... Uh, exceeded what the uh, the expectation was in terms of the hype and the demand to want to get those figures. So, um, you know, I think a lot can be accredited to, to Walmart as, you know, seeing the potential of that and really wanting to take on that program for themselves. So, you know, that was something where, again, we, this program might not have existed if Walmart wasn't like, hey, we want to do a retro program. We want to own that for the next year. And again, that's really... Uh, you know, something that they, they wanted to uh, kind of take the reins of and make happen. So you said there was a set amount of the ones you did with Target. Are you, without going into any specifics, are, are there going to be more of the retro figures for the Empire Wave to try to meet demand now that you know what demand will be? I think, I, I don't know anything in terms of the specific quantities, but I would imagine there's definitely expectations for what a line like this can do. Um, and again, if there's continual demand and want for them, I think, uh, you know, it, even if it's not all met through Walmart, we would definitely look to uh, be able to continue to get that product out. Okay, and then moving on, there's a, just a will you make category I have, and I know that <laughs> I, I never ask the specific character questions because I know your pat answers on that one. <laughs> But um, people are liking the Elite Sabers and wondering, will you go back and revisit core characters with the Elite Sabers? Um, I think there's definitely an opportunity there. So we've continued to have our Force Effects line uh, running independently of that. So, you know, this spring we had uh, the return of Asajj Ventress, we had Kit Fisto, we had the Count Dooku in terms of Sabers that we're continuing to build that out. But there's obviously a lot to be desired in terms of what the Elite offers. So I think, um, absolutely, if there's interest in us revisiting some of those, um, you know, sabers that have already existed within the line. I think we definitely would love to uh, revisit some of those. Um, but ultimately, there, we have a pretty bolstered lineup in terms of sabers uh, in the pipeline for that. So I'm really excited for some future reveals where we can share some of those with you guys. And then, and this seems to be a perennial question. What about accessory packs where you for figures? Yeah. Um, I, you know, uh, really... Um, it's, it's a great thing. Um, it's a great suggestion. It's something we've talked about a lot internally. I think, you know, there's nothing in terms of in-the-line specifics, but a great, uh, you know, opportunity that that really presents is now that we have um, established platforms with things like Pulse and alternative retailers where there might be opportunities for things to exist that, you know, might not necessarily hit brick and mortar. But if there's continual demand for that, um, again, in terms of accessories, if it's swappable limbs, if it's swappable portraits, um, we're certainly looking for that feedback. And if you guys want to see it, we'd love to do stuff with it. Then I found this question really interesting. Somebody said, you know, with all the five POA, Force Awakens, and Last Jedi, Solo, Rogue One figures that were done, they're wondering, is it possible and cost-effective for you guys to retool the good sculpts and add more articulation and put them out on vintage cards, similar to some of the re-releases you've been doing? Um... I, it really comes down to a matter of what's going to be accepted by the, the community. Because, uh, I mean, to the collector that packs, you know, keeps things in pack, there might not be necessarily an appreciation for all that articulation. But we have such a clear, uh, you know, diverse fan base where it's we have people that 
collect out of pack, people that collect in pack, and of course the, the broad audience that collects both. Right, um, so I think what he was asking is, is it cheaper to take a 5 POA figure and add joints to it than to just redesign a figure from the ground up and try to get some of those characters out in a more articulated fashion? Um, I mean, it, it's definitely it's a great suggestion. There's certainly ways of being able to do it. Ultimately, a lot of those figures, especially the ones that started to push the articulation, a lot more of the detail, all had ABS torsos. So it's either they're all going to be limited to having flat plane articulated legs or if we were articulating new legs or as soon as we go to a new torso all of a sudden now it's torso it's an upper arm it's an upper um upper leg lower leg lower arm um and maybe we get to keep the portrait or the head so um it definitely i think understanding the balance of what that would ultimately deliver uh, for a figure, you know, it's certainly something we could visit. I think, you know, definitely reaching out to you guys as the fan community, is that something you'd want to see more of? Or would you, you know, prefer to see it more in the line of classically super articulated? Well, I think what they're really wanting is more characters super articulated and trying to find a way yeah. to get them out there since, as you discussed at San Diego, you're doing a lot of uh, carry-forward figures totally. in the waves you're releasing. Yeah, I, I would definitely um, you know, agree. Like In terms of a lot of the um, you know, more tertiary characters that we saw through a lot of those lines, um, you know, there's a lot more top-tier candidates, I would say, kind of... Um, trump them now in terms of being able to get those figures out, but we'd love to be able to revisit some of that library and definitely with some updates. Uh, it's, a, again, a fantastic suggestion from one of your readers. Sam, thanks for your time. Always a pleasure. Two things we just wanted to make sure get out there to the community. Um, one of them is, you know, a very, very good uh, commentary and kind of observation that we didn't reveal as much at, at New York Toy Fair as we had in the past. And I've seen this in a few of the comments, but uh, it's basically just because if you look at a few years ago to this year, we're supporting, I think it's going to be something like probably 10 events this year, uh, New York Comic Con and then all of the global conventions. Uh, as we've said with those global conventions, we're really excited about those. You know, we've kind of woken up to the fact that we have great fans around the world and we want to give them the same kind of exciting reveal experience yeah. as fans in the U.S. So. It's just kind of the simple math. We have uh, the same amount of product, but uh, many more events. Um, and we also think, and um, we've heard from you guys, that uh, it is fun. It's, it's a bummer when New York Toy Fair has a little less, but it's really fun when in March there are more reveals and at you know these uh, conventions in the fall. So uh, we love May the 4th. We love the fashion around a, a fun Star Wars holiday. And so uh, I think recently, in recent years, we've been aligning releases around there. Uh, just one other thing I would mention, uh, Hasbro Pulse obviously did a checklist uh, last year uh, for Triple Force Friday. Uh, I, I think it's up, but if it's not, it will be up soon. We will be doing a checklist as well. Um, and all of those on-shelf dates will be there for all the products. Uh, I'm really certain they're listed there for either uh, late April or early May. But yeah, the intent was to get it all around May the 4th to kick off the celebration then. So that's basically the reason. Same amount of product as we've had in past years, but just kind of the presents are spread throughout the year. The second one was basically, uh, I think the other comment that I had read is with the retro collection, uh, Boba Fett uh, being packed uh, in a similar uh, case-back ratio as the other characters. And here, basically, uh, we heard comments last year on the retro collection that many fans were kind of collecting the whole set, right? Uh, they didn't want just one or two, like they were at an attainable price point, and so they wanted all of them. And so we, we talked about packing Boba Fett in higher, but uh, it's kind of a blunt 
tool. Uh, obviously, if we pack them in one more, there's literally double as much Boba Fett out there. Uh, and we didn't want to kind of cut off uh, the ability for some fans to collect the whole collection uh, and basically end up with the reverse problem and have too much Boba Fett out there and not enough of the rest. So that was that. Thanks to Patrick and Sam. I'm sure I'm still going to see Sam at San Diego. Maybe not this year. I don't know if there is a San Diego this year. But I'm sure Sam will still be at Toy Fair and things like that. If there's no San Diego, you can stand it out in our driveway with a backpack full of stuff. And I can make it about 20-pound backpack. And I'll charge you $8 for water. San Diego Comic-Con is the exact opposite of social distancing. It's social nearing. Yeah, it's... I don't know that you could find six inches away from someone, much less six feet. Oh, so many people. No, 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 no. I'm crossing my fingers and hoping conditions are safe in their San Diego because I can't not have a San Diego. I need San Diego. Again, I can just charge you too much for a water. Yeah, but you, that's not going to have exclusives. It's not going to have reveals. It's not going to have our friends. Well, how do you know that there won't be reveals or exclusives at my con, the Margie con? But our friends won't be there. Maybe. But before we go this week, I wanted to say definitely check out our site tomorrow, March 31st. See, Hasbro said that the reason they only revealed one vintage collection figure and didn't have a whole lot of other reveals, they're going to be revealing things throughout the year. Now, we know that they went to Paris and London and Canada and Mexico and revealed stuff last fall. Well... They said that there will be reveals for May the 4th, of course. There will be reveals at other times throughout the year. They thought San Diego when we had Toy Fair. And they said there would be release announcements for the release date of Rise of Skywalker on Blu-ray and DVD. And that's tomorrow. So check out our site at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, and we will have some coverage of that. But... You know, since Rise of Skywalker is coming out on Blu-ray tomorrow, I thought I'd do a quick rundown. There's a lot of versions of this, a lot of exclusives. There's four different editions you can buy. There's a straight DVD-only version, because I guess, you know, a lot of people just, they went digital. They skipped Blu-ray, they skipped 4K, and went straight to iTunes. Then there's the basic edition. It's, they call it the multi-screen edition, It's a Blu-ray and a digital code. So if you didn't break down and buy this because you were in lockdown and self-quarantine and all of that, and you just really needed to see Rise of Skywalker, if you held off till tomorrow, you get a digital code. There's the Ultimate Collector's Edition, which is a three-disc set, and that includes the 4K disc. And both the multi-screen edition and the 4K set have a ton of bonus features, Plus, when you redeem your digital copy, there is a special exclusive digital bonus feature about John Williams. Aww. Because, you know, that's his last Star Wars score. Did the saga, and much like Mark Boudreaux, he's worked a long time and deserves some rest. But there's a fourth edition, a four-disc set coming out. It is a Target exclusive, and it also comes with a limited edition gallery book, because that's what Target's been doing for all their Disney exclusives, the Marvel stuff and things, is you get a book, but this one also has a bonus disc of content. Thank God. Thank God it's a disc. I'm so tired of the digital exclusive bonus content or the, it's a Target exclusive, 
go watch it online. Yeah, it's nice to have like a keepsake or something like that. You know what I mean? I, I don't really care for physical media. Most of what I own is digital and you own the copy with whatever you do with it. But it is nice to have something to put in your hand. It's nice to have something so when they take their server offline, I can still watch the exclusive bonus features. Or that. So this is $35, and it's the first of five exclusive purchases. So you can get the Target four-disc set. I went ahead and ordered that. Over at Best Buy, they do have their Steelbook. It's the three-disc Ultimate Collector's Edition for $35. I love Steelbooks. I know, dear. So I, I went ahead and ordered that. That's funny because that's the one I had in my mind that you'd ordered. Then also a Best Buy exclusive, the Skywalker Saga, where you get 27 discs. Ah, ouch. <laughs> you get digital copy, 4K copy, and Blu-ray copy of all nine movies in the Skywalker Saga in a collectible book presentation. I'm sorry. I just want to say that when they do things like this, I love collector sets, but some of them are such a pain to store because they're odd shaped, they don't fit on your DVD storage shelves, and then you have this whole big thing about where you're going to keep this. Bookshelf. This one reminds me a lot of the James Bond collection they did. Which doesn't fit on the bookshelf. It's back when they used to make the funny shaped ones. Remember like Terminator and it was the T-1000 head? It's that kind of thing. Give then me, Give me something that looks good on the shelf. Then you also have a letter here that's a copy of Mark Hamill's signature. Ooh! Now, I thought this would sell out. I went ahead and ordered this the day it went up for pre-order because they did the same thing when Avengers Endgame came out, and that thing sold out. This is still up for pre-order. It's $250. That's less than $10 a disc for your 27 discs. Yeah, but are these different than what you already own? There's in a nice package? Have you ever heard the Bare Naked Ladies song, My Box Set? No, I don't like the Bare Naked Ladies. You know this. What they said in that song, I do recommend listening to it. Disc one is where we've begun. It's all my greatest hits. And if you're a fan, you know you've already got them. But yeah, I went ahead and ordered this. Over at Walmart, they have an exclusive. It's again, the three disc set. It's the Ultimate Collector's Edition, but it's an exclusive package, a gatefold package. Did you get all of these? So yeah, I went ahead and I ordered that one. And then finally, at Shop Disney, all they have, it's the same multi-screen edition that they have at the other places. It's just the Blu-ray and the digital code. But if you go there and get it while supplies last, you get a four lithograph set. They always do the lithographs at Disney. Yeah. They used to do them at Toys R Us, and now they do them at Disney. I'm not a huge fan of them because they're very papery. I feel they're too thin. They're actually really low quality. <laughs> if it was something really, really like amazing quality, I would be all over it. But, you know, and honestly, of those, the only one I think is really stellar, but I think it's sacrilegious in a way, is the 3PO and BB-8 because it should be 3PO and R2-D2 because they're partners. You know, I really like the Stormtrooper in focus. You know, it's from Force Awakens is what the shot I'm thinking of. And I like how it's one in focus, everybody else out of focus. And I really like the composition of the ray in the desert down there. I think that one's really striking, but I'm just, I haven't been impressed. I ordered, I just today looked at the last Jedi lithograph set that we got. And I was like, 
you know, I like the Porg print. I got it because you were all mm-hmm. in on Porgs, and uh, it's just not great paper. No, again, I wish it was like a nice, like a linen or something, something collectible. This is just a, like, hey, this is free. But if you want to know how to save the most money, the DVD best price is if you go to Walmart or Walmart.com, nineteen ninety six. I think that's a little high for just a DVD, <laughs> but it's the best price. And it's plain old DVD? Yeah. Nothing special DVD? Not a single special feature. I just wait. It's going to go on sale. Well, they also don't make too many of the DVD-only packages anymore. No, but, you know, it comes out on, like, a Tuesday, and then the next two Sundays, it's ripe for sales, and you know I'm right. The multi-screen edition, best price, Best Buy, where they will run it out to your car. It's working actually pretty sweet. I had to get a new mouse for work, and you order it. You drive up into the numbered slot. They meet you there. They get your stuff. It's like concierge service. I'm kind of liking it. Or you can order it at BestBuy.com. It's the cheapest price for this edition, $22.99. The Ultimate Collector's Edition, kind of strange where this is the cheapest. Nobody would guess it. Barnes & Noble. I forget that they sell movies. That's because they're usually way overpriced. They're not doing curbside service. No, you're going to have to get it at barnesandnoble.com, but it's $27.99. And if you throw something else in there, like the novelization or something, it's free shipping if you get an order over $35. So that is it for our show. We will be back tomorrow with a little bit of coverage of the Star Wars fan celebration. Yep, make sure to tune in at... 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. If you're international, Google can do time translation for you. <laughs> because with daylight savings time and all that, I people ask me, what time is that in London? I don't know. <laughs> something like 10 p.m. or something. I don't know. And then we will be back before you can leave your house with the rest of what we saw at Javits. What are the highlights? What are the coolest things we saw and we're looking forward to buying once we can shop again. And Javits is now a hospital for Corona patients too, guys. So there's that. <laughs> what a downer note to end on. San Diego Convention Center. It's a homeless shelter. McCormick Center where they hold C2E2 and where Celebration was last year. Corona Hospital. We hope everyone is healthy and safe. We hope your families are healthy and safe. Stay inside, guys. We have to flatten the curve. Play with your action figures. Perfect time to rearrange your collecting room. If you're doing stuff like that, send us photos. You know, send us a voicemail or something like that on email. We would love to see pictures of your collections and what you're doing because, you know, we got lots of time for it. We're looking at six more weeks of staying inside and doing stuff around the house. And I'm running out of things to clean. So who knows what's going to happen? Yep, I normally say, may the pigs be stocked and the force be with you. This time I'll say... May you have hand sanitizer and everyone stay healthy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to Star Wars Action News. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can find pictures of the toys reviewed, chat with other Star Wars collectors, and find hundreds of Star Wars Action News episodes at our website, swactionnews.com. We want your feedback on Star Wars Action News. 
You can email us at show at SWActionNews.com or post your thoughts in the Star Wars Action News forums at SWActionNews.com, the most friendly forums on the web. You can also find Star Wars Action News on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. The links to our social media sites are at SWActionNews.com. You can also help out our show by telling your friends to listen by posting on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or in person. We would also greatly appreciate a five-star review written on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed is at SWActionNews.com. You can also send us your latest store reports, figure reviews, and more. Email us at MP3 or iPhone voice memo at show at SWActionNews.com. All content received is subject for use on the show. Star Wars Action News is not affiliated with Lucasfilm Limited. The show is created by Star Wars fans showing their love of Star Wars. Star Wars and all the Star Wars universe contains is trademark and copyright Lucasfilm Limited, a subsidiary of the Walt Disney Company, all rights reserved. Star Wars Action News is a Venganza Media production, copyright 2020. All rights reserved, and no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. Star Wars Action News. Now this is podcasting. Mark, du- Mark Dude Bro. Dude Bro. <laughs>